All right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed it, Fresh Points, with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my nut-squeezing AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 2, Frank's Come Up. We're going to be getting into some interesting non-World War II 1940s bullshit. So strap in and get ready. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Poisto Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. It gets me every time. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. good. Um, uh, welcome back. It's It's another shitty Monday, but at least it's a bank holiday. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so for, you know, everybody, most of the people in the world who still have to work, at least you get to listen to us talk for a minute. Yeah. You know. We're back, baby. Also, pro tip to all those aspiring young podcasters out there, nuts are the best snack to have during a podcast. They definitely don't get lodged in your throat. That and corn nuts. (laughs) It's like eating gravel, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. They're the reason I got fake teeth. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) He does. But not for that reason. They're wooden. <laughs> they're they're hippopotamus. Uh he found he found Washington or Jordan Washington, Jesus. Washington's teeth on one of those auction houses, the wooden ones. Oh, I wish. And that's what that's what AJ money, sports though. all the time. You ready for this though? Oh, that was spicy. That was a good one. Not bad. I always wait to open the drink on air because I know people hate it or love it. I should have probably gotten some water. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Because we're not going to have to pause the recording for you to go pee. All right. How you been? Shit. It has been such a busy week of school. Yeah, how was your first week back in school? I learned a lot about perennial, uh, perennial cleaning. Oh? Yeah, you know. No. Cleaning the perineum. I'm an illiterate. Genitals. AJ, someone, I learned how to clean old people's vaginas. Someone writes my notes for me, and it's you. And I still fuck them up. I <laughs> no, don't no, know. you yeah. use dictation. Yeah. <laughs> you just talk. I don't know words good. Um, oh, so cleaning old genitals. And, and wiping butts and bedpans and, you know, just... Basically, well, I took a one-day course on how to be a CNA so that now I can finish all oh, the nursing that's stuff. so cute. So now you finally know how to wipe your own butt. Yeah. Good. But I don't need to. <laughs> I got it. a bidet. Yeah. And I bring my travel and bidet. And a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And I bring my travel bidet whenever I go, which is just a spray bottle. You better bring that tomorrow. I don't have a spray bottle travel bidet. Damn you. I just need a stream spray bottle. That's all you need to hey, bring for me. you know what? For tomorrow, you can just put your ass into the probably radio, <laughs> radio. Well, I can't. I think of the word because it's the late. irradia is really late. Because our this episode will be premiering in like two hours. two hours. Oh yeah. shit! We're recording really late. Usually, we get this done like a a day before. We're getting this done hours before. Cause That's okay. We ha- we haven't fucking talked for like. Well, yeah, we got to hang yeah. out. We've just been we so got... busy. Oh, yeah, Ugh. focused on not our friendship. <laughs> I know I'm I'm a failure, but <laughs> you know it's gonna be really fun. We're going to a nuclear waste dump tomorrow. Yeah. That's 
partially well it is 100% true yeah it's gonna be uh fucking bonkers but hope so you probably won't hear about it next week no you won't so not deal at all with it. cause yeah. we're gonna record next week in about 45 minutes in about 45 minutes <laughs> it's a late night baby oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it'll be fun is the yeah. TV on yes oh Yes, in fact, it is from when I showed you that trailer. Earlier. Oh, weird! I f- it, yeah, I just realized it. Sorry. It's, it's, um, it's for the blue light effect, so that we yeah, stay up. So this that whole we time. stay awake. So today we're going to be talking about Adolf Hitler. Yeah. No. It's our first, our very first World War II episode. Yeah, of all time. I fooled you. It's actually Adolf's come up. No. No. Uh, no. no. So we're going to be talking about one man named Frank Olson. Um. AJ and I are taking, we're taking a new step in these in this season, and uh, we're splitting up a story. We're we're sharing some thoughts on some shit. Not every episode, yeah, but not every you know, episode when it's appropriate. But uh, we're gonna give it a shot. We're gonna yeah. see how it goes mixing episodes. If it's like a if it's a big topic that really can't be covered. By one person. Basically, so this should last be like season. Nineteen episodes. We, yeah. Before we even started, we were like, God, we could do this entire, all of this year, all of twenty twenty two, just dedicated this to this topic. But you know, but, like uh, last season, you may have noticed that every once in a while, I had an episode that was an hour and a half long. I've been since convinced that we need to, you know, cut that down. And it's split not the it worst parts. thing. It's mainly just for our own mental health that, uh... Well, and we can produce better content, I yeah. think. We're, we're going to try it. Yeah. But, like, you know, if, if I do an hour and a half of content, but... But go for it. Yeah. I can split it into two, and I can have D cover one topic, and I cover exactly. another one as they're, um, you know, that are related within there then we can get a much much better view, I think, of the overarching stories. So. And then I can cut him off with content that's not just bad jokes. So. That's not true. So here we are. Um, so Take it away. Quick, quick little background on Mr. Frank Olsen. Uh, he was born to Swedish immigrant parents in nice. good old Wisconsin. Not as nice. Yeah, right? He went to the University of Wisconsin. Kind of nice, okay. Mostly okay, oh nice. Um, okay, oh nice. Okay, oh nice. Uh, he got his Bachelor of Science in 1938, followed up by a PhD in bacteriolog- bacteriology. Bacteriology? Bacteriology. Bacteriology. Oh, God. Bacteriology. This is what Why can't I is. say that? It's us trying I'm to figure so out how to tired. pronounce bacteriology. Um, and biochemistry. Now, married his college sweetheart, as everyone would dream, right? I mean, in Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, they had three kids, three beautiful children. I assume. And uh, he joined the army to pay off tuition. As wow, one that does. sounds really familiar. Yeah. Now, he served in World War II. And I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. We are going. We're touching on World War II. Barely, just a, though. Just Don't a worry. Uh, served in World War II, but not really the way that you would expect most people to have served in the war. Um, he actually became a captain of the Army Chemical Corps. So, All right. Quite a different approach. Uh, thank you for chewing that nut, <laughs> for busting that nut away from the mic. Uh, so at this point, a, na- a, a man by the name of Ira Baldwin had reached out to Frank. Now, Ira had previously worked at the University of Wisconsin 
Uh, he was Frank's old thesis advisor. Uh, he had been a professor of bacteria, bacteriology at UW. Yeah, I called it that. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and uh, in 1943, Iroh was recruited by the U.S. government. Um, there was word at the time. And then of, he's, when did he start his podcast? Uh, this American Life. Yeah. By Ira Glass. And he, he, gave, he gave birth to the Baldwin brothers. Which is actually what this episode is on. Ira uh, Glass Baldwin, yeah. Yeah. But you didn't uh, know that was his full name. His son, Alec Baldwin, is the subject Recently of shot today's somebody. show. Uh, so, 1943, like I said, recruited by the U.S. government. And there was word going around that Germany and Japan were working on biological warfare. Surprise, surprise. I think that's pretty well known that they were during World War II. Yeah. Uh, so, Ira... During this meeting with a lot of, I don't want to say execs, but a lot of like big government government execs, uh, he said, if you could do it in a test tube, you could do it in a 10,000 gallon tank. If you can get enough tanks, I'm sure you can get tons. Um, And he was asked to lead the operation of creating a fucking biological weapon. I thought you were going to say, and he was asked to leave. <laughs> no, no. God, no. It's 1943. You think they would ask someone with that quote to oh, leave no. the room? He would say that, and they'd be like, please keep talking, sir. So they ask Ira to lead this biological warfare committee, more or less. And he says, I need to take my time to decide. I, I don't want to, like, jump the gun on anything. So the next day, he reached <laughs> out, and uh, he said, he accepted, obviously, and he said, you start out with the idea of war in war of killing people. And that, to me, is the immoral part of it. It doesn't make much difference how you kill them, which I don't agree with at all. Mm. Because there are definitely some really fucking immoral ways of killing people. Yeah, like... Obviously, killing people is, like, top pretty bad. immoral. And then there's a higher level of slowly killing people with... Agent Orange. Bacteria. White phosphorus. Bacterial warfare. <laughs> uh, mustard gas. I'd say pulling out All teeth one by one until they bleed out. All on the same level as abortion. As just shooting somebody. Ira feels that this, that biological warfare and abortion are on the same same level in Ira's eyes. Not mine, but Ira just says, hey, if something's killing's dead. Killing's killing. If something's Doesn't killing, matter how it got there. Killing is killing. I'm Ira Baldwin, and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> so this man's a gem, if okay. you can tell. So he's very much an ends justify the means kind of character. <laughs> You know, I, I, knowing part of the story, he fits into I, World we, War II pretty we well. We fit into a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, good that old, kind of good old Ira. Machiavellian <laughs> ends justify the means type He's, viewpoint. Boy, is honestly, he it's the best philosophy. A fucking character. So much like Ocean's Eleven, Ira is tasked with building a team 
And no, I didn't write that joke in. That was on the spot. I thought you were going to try to make some kind of Frank Ocean joke. <laughs> no. So uh, he's tasked with building a team and finding a suitable site that they can do this this basically sneaky, not so sneaky, everybody knows that the U.S. is going to be doing it project. But, like, we're not going to yeah. tell the civilians. Plausible di- deniability, apparently. Not so much. Um, I don't know what that is. So, yeah, hey, there you go. You're on the right track. So he settles with an abandoned airfield uh, in Maryland that was Airfield Dietrich. I may be saying it wrong, Dietrich, Dietrich. I'm saying Dietrich because that's what it looks like to me. That You heard it here first. Dietrich. Um, later known as Camp Dietrich. And if you know or fort. of a camp or Fort Dietrich and you know where this is headed, fuck you for spoiling this for me. But if you don't, great. D does not reflect PP Incorporated. No, no, I do not. So... Then Ira reaches out to our boy, Frank Olson. Not Frank Ocean, Frank Olson. The man, the myth, not so good The legend. chemist. And he reaches out to another man named, by, by, Jesus, another man by the name of Sidney Gottlieb. Gottlieb? I say Gottlieb. Gottlieb. So, very German. Ira very efficiently ran this this operation. And he actually goes on to become the VP of Academic Affairs at the University of Wisconsin in 1948 because of his success in burning out people's eyeballs in <laughs> Japan, I guess. Jesus Christ. But I don't really I don't quite understand the promotion process in the 1940s. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little it's a it's a little odd. Yeah, especially because it was a secret program. Yeah. So maybe he was promoted for something maybe, else? Maybe this wasn't a promotion. Maybe it was a, we'll give you back that normal life that you so wanted. Maybe it we'll was a demotion. Watch, we'll still watch everything. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. So, uh, Sidney Gottlieb uh, hung around Ira's radar for a few years after he was recruited. And uh, he was mentored by Ira quite a bit. And uh, he was actually, so... When the CIA was putting a few sneaky things together, as they usually do, they reached out to Ira and they said, hey, who's the man? And Ira actually referred them to Sydney um, to become a leading chemist and director of MK, a project. A couple in the projects. CIA. Yeah, just a project in the CIA. No, it doesn't matter. We don't. We don't really talk about that MK bullshit. On yeah, that, it's it's not provable. There's no documentation, so it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he. Oh God, I wasn't ready. Now it's time for your favorite Monday morning game show. D's Dating Do's and Don'ts, where we find out if your concept of relationships is a tick too far on the misogynistic side. Welcome to the stage, AJ, a wannabe totalitarian from a very far-right Christian community. Let's get started. It's D's Dating Do's and Don'ts. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, AJ. Now, question number one. Your 45-year-old co-worker Sandra enters the office in a nice blouse and tight pencil skirt. Do you A, 
give her took us a smack and finger gun your way to the first coffee break. Fuck off and keep your thoughts and eyes to yourself. Or C, call your wife and tell her you just found a unicorn. Um, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Looks like you B. ran out of time. You were a little slow on your answer there. Maybe you'll get it next time on D's Dating Do's and Don'ts. So, we're back to Frank. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> during during Frank's work with the U.S. bioweapons program, uh, he actually worked alongside some Nazis. No. Who were recruited through Operation Paperclip. Tell me a little bit about that. We do this every time you mention it, you point to me and say, tell me a little bit about that. I know. So I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna keep doing our it. listeners know. But, you know, basically the... The Russians were scooping up Nazi scientists, and the Americans were scooping up Nazi scientists, and they they were basically competing to get the most Nazi scientists, <laughs> because they could scoop them up, take them to the U.S. or take them to uh, the Soviet Union, and basically say, we don't know what you're talking about, Nuremberg trials, yeah. and, and basically say, well... You're not going to get executed as long as you work for us. Uh, my favorite scientist who was scooped up during this event was uh, a little, well, a, a small, not well-known man called Werner von Braun, the father of atomic weapons. <laughs> um, you know, I am the destroyer of worlds. You know that guy. I, I don't know if it's uh, really a good stance to say you have a favorite in the Nuremberg trials. No, no. Uh, no, no. A favorite of the <laughs> Operation Paperclip. It's if nuts. I was going to do favorite of the Nuremberg trials, that would be the bitch of Buchenwald, 100%, just based this on the name. True. Yeah, that's a solid name. Or she The Beast, impressive. who was Maria Mendel. Maria Mendel. Oh, yeah. Just as Hot. bad as the bitch of Buchenwald. Ooh. Less skin harvesting, though. Oh, lame. Which is lame. But yeah, it, not, it not basically cool. kickstarted, like, the uh, a a type of scientific revolution because all these Nazi scientists came over from having basically unlimited money, unlimited test subjects, unlimited slave labor. And they got a lot of shit done. Like a lot of our medical industry is based on the experiments that Joseph Mengele did, which is fucking in, terrible. in the concentration camps. And a lot of that knowledge was able to come over. Um, in fact, I, much like yeah. many events in the United States with uh, scientists or governments or CIA agents, there was a mad scramble for the Nazi scientists to basically flush their research, flush their names away and say, I was just a civilian. I don't know what was happening yeah. and get that deniability and and spread that myth of the clean Wehrmacht. But they I love it. They were basically going through the the I should say some American soldiers were going through a. A building, which I assume was either a college or a university or something like that. Mm -hmm. And one dude just stopped on the way running down the hall, like searching. And he looked in the toilet and the toilet had backed up from where somebody was flushing shit like oh, 10 minutes fuck. before. And it had a list of high ranking Nazi scientists. Oh, my God. So because they had the names, they started searching and they scooped up a lot of people. So we get Bro, a lot of... Everyone knows the only thing you put down a toilet is number one, shit. number two, 
and TP. That's it. You don't yeah. try to put down fucking A4 paper. No, you what are eat, you doing? eat A4 paper. Yeah, or burn it. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, God, that's get my it favorite together. thing there. They also found, I think it was in, in that event, they also found a shrunken head. Uh, a fresh one. What? Yeah. Yeah, there, there were a couple Nazis who were kind of obsessed with shrunken heads. So um, they tried to remake them. Oh, if you if you look up pictures of evidence from the Bitch of Buchenwald, actually, oh, here we you go. will find a shrunken head of an inmate that they said was directly imported from Ecuador, but it is very obviously not an Ecuadorian. It's a white dude. Oh, that's a tiny head. Well, yeah, it's shrunken, and it's on a plaque. What? Yeah, look at this shit. I only know the evidence photos. <laughs> Spin that computer around. It's not an evidence photo, baby. Oh, nice. That's solid work. Hey, Bless look, you. there's the bitch herself right yeah, there. She looks happy. Ilsa Cook. She looks super happy about it. Now, we talked about her on Sloppy Seconds yes, for their yes, Patreon. Yes, But hey. we are considering doing a, a little a little bit longer of an episode on her. Yeah, yeah. I've And yeah. her friends. And some of her friends. And yeah. some of her friends. But yeah, like, the we know the Soviets were doing it. Mm-hmm. And we were doing it. Yeah. We also know that a lot of the experiments, even some of the ones that we're talking about today, were being done at the same time by the Soviets. In fact, that's why there was some competition in some of these between us and the Soviets. And I love it because it all comes down to the same base of Nazi science. <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly not something you want to base your entire healthcare system on. It just sucks because, I mean, they were able to do ex- unethical experiments. So now we yeah, do know the yeah. upper limits of human survivability. Like, delightful. Super delightful. Oh, so, super fun. So great. Uh, you deserve this for putting me on the spot. Hey, that's okay. But you did you did well. I appreciate that. I, I, I don't I even remember what B was. Was that the right answer? I don't know. You ran out of time. Fuck. Um, so with this group, uh, Ira, Frank, Gottlieb, and Frank. Yeah, basically, like the the entire team that Ira put together, um, they finished creating aerosolized anthrax. Oh yeah, great stuff, right? Yeah. You know, fantastic, fantastic. It's the things. best thing to ever to be aerosolized in sliced bread. <laughs> God. Put that on your fucking butter and eat it. Uh, so they they move Frank from the army to a civilian contract in 1944 because of the successes of this biological weapons program. And he starts work in what's called Operation Harness. And this is actually, I was really surprised when I learned about this one because AJ didn't know about it. It's because so, I don't care about... Never mind, I'll finish that sentence uh, later. Yeah, I don't know if you ever want to finish that sentence. Uh, so, Operation Harness was the testing of airborne toxic clouds on animals and studying their reactions and how that might apply to humans. Um, now, Frank's son, Eric recalled seeing his dad totally distraught when he would come home from work during this time uh just due to the I wonder why yeah i mean he's <clears throat> frank is hands on with a lot of this stuff um 
it's not that he's kind of this behind the scenes guy as we discovered through my research. Like the further I got, the more it kind of surprised AJ that I was like, yeah, uh, Frank headed that operation. And he's like, what? Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's this kind of the, these programs and operations that we're talking about. Even today, it's hard to get information on it. A lot of it was destroyed or it's still considered top secret. Like the research that they were doing is still top secret. So it's really hard to find good sources that actually tie it together. Like I can read an entire thing about this operation and it doesn't even mention and, and who a lot the head of it, is. And it's still a lot of it, unfortunately, considered conspiracy theories, even though... There has There's been freedom, a of, in, freedom of, of information to back it requests up. and firsthand accounts and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Frank himself was handling rooms of, like, monkeys and gassing all of them at once. Uh, oh, that sounds very German of him. Oh, yeah. He uh, at, at one point, he recalled walking to work and just, like, on a regular basis, you would punch in next to a pile of dead monkeys more or less like they're Clean, just very shoveling out bodies at this point operation harness was a tough one i didn't want to go too in depth with it because it's i mean killing animals is fucked up man mm. killing I mean, yeah killing people eh. Eh. we'll they talk probably about that shit it. yeah <laughs> that's a bad take uh, <laughs> is it <laughs> bad take number two aj Damn it. on the radar I'm Fuck. counting this season. No. So, Frank also worked on Operation Sea Spray, which sounds fun. It's when you say oh, Operation yeah. Sea Spray we in France, about this. San Francisco, you're like, hell yeah, sign me up. How much are tickets? When did Not what so episode great. did we talk about? I that have on? no I did a idea. whole yeah. bit on it because I'm I'm on the the wiki because I wanted to see what mm-hmm. year because I knew it was coming. Um, so Operation Sea Spray, 1950. We definitely covered it and yeah, some of the other things. I think, oh, it was on the episode I think U.S. being dicks or the government being dicks yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like the one that. where you talk about... Um, I talk about basically unethical research that the... Yeah, let me see if I can find that it. That the uh, United States did. Do you want me to talk about Yeah, yeah, give it, give it a quick little little blurb. Basically, the Navy said, fuck you guys. No, they they uh, distributed an aerosolized spray version of some uh, bacteria, including Bacillus globigii. 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 There we go. Yeah, and all over San Francisco <laughs> to test if San Francisco is vulnerable to a bioweapon attack. Uh, guess what? Bears, yeah. It was. Oh, surprise! Surprise. There were, I think, eleven people who went. Into the hospital. Um, 800,000 people were infected with this bacteria that yeah. they dropped. And it was considered to be harmless. Turns out it's not. 11 people were hospitalized. Um, I think there was a theory that one person died, but they were like immunocompromised or something. Oh, yeah. And it, it caused a bunch of heart valve infections. I remember that. Yeah, dude. And it was it like was... A, a dramatic increase. Was it the Conqueror or St. George? No. No, that that was about downwinder downwinder syndrome. Oh yeah, I have no clue when you talked about. That's it, fine. But I know you did. That's fine. We d- I definitely talked about it. So you know, just a totally ethical peer reviewed study. 
It's I'm, okay. I'm still reading. Through. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I have idea. no idea. I know we did, though. Yeah, I know you've talked about it. Munchy Mondays? Nah, that was, that was cannibalism. Um, we talked about cannibalism a lot in the second and third seasons. Yeah, we should head back there. I'm down. We'll touch on. Uh, yeah, touch yeah. On we'll get again. there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll go a little bit more in depth with the Donner Party. That's boring. I want mass no, cannibalism. I... <laughs> okay. I I mean, why not? So uh, back to Frank. Yeah, back to Frank. Was it, so he was involved in Operation Sea yep. Spray. He worked directly hands on with Operation Sea Spray. Uh, he also tested different toxins at Fort Terry, which Fort Terry is one that the U.S. had more or less like a secret facility that they would play around with toxins there um, because they didn't want the toxins to get to the mainland. So they would just drop it off at Long Island, which is where Fort Terry was. So that's why everyone from Long Island is fucking just gross. Ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and if you're from there, sorry, I don't know you, so I can't really base my decision off of, <laughs> off of you yet. You can't. Di- you're not discounting <laughs> me. Yeah, I don't hate you yet. I just don't know about you yet. What do you expect from me, right? <laughs> Man, walk in here. Yeah, no, that's Boston. Oh shit, it's yeah. Um, let's see. So yeah, he he works at this this toxins facility. Super, super great guy, you know. I mean, the tough part about all of this is that Frank's got a heart of gold. You wouldn't think so with yeah. all the gassing of yeah. animals. You, do you, you, do really you think he, he really had the, like, I'm doing this for America and to save lives? Do you think he drank the patriotic Kool-Aid? I think he did. I, based it was on, easy to do. Based on what I read, um, especially with kind of how his son talks about him, um, which we'll get into, like, his son and everything uh, next Later, week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, I think that he had good intentions. I think that Frank's approach to everything was that in the grand scheme of things, this is helping the U.S. But in the grand scheme of things... It's really fucking bad for people, Frank, and you really shouldn't continue doing this. And the fact that, like, like I, I would probably defend him more if he came out with the information. If Frank was a whistleblower. Spoiler alert, Frank wasn't. That's why we don't really have a lot of reliable information mm-hmm. on these experiments. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that yet or if you've read history. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I, I think that at the time, a lot of people had great intentions, but they didn't understand the repercussions for the shit that they were doing. And, oh, yeah. And how bad it truly was. Like, you you can't really defend yourself when you're fucking gas bombing San Francisco. Yeah. And saying, it's just a common cold. Like, nah, get the with fuck a, out of here. With you're a fucking, live bacteria. Yeah, with uh, a bacteria, live bacteria. Like, get out of here, dude. Like, you, yeah, you can come off as a good person, but I think deep down, you have to be a secretive fuck. You have to be sneaky. You have to be okay with it. You and, have to be okay yeah, with you, you've that. You've had to, to twist your moral compass in a certain direction. And anybody out there that thinks otherwise, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're finding ways of accidentally quote i'm fucking air quoting over here accidentally 
poisoning and harming innocent people or even just fucking guilty people if you're harming them yeah. in like really long drawn out ways that lead to their demise you're not a good person yeah i i would generally say in a court in a shorter way murder is bad yeah and just because it's a test doesn't mean it's not murder. No, 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 no. As uh, one of my favorite celebrities once said, you start out with the idea of war, of killing people. And to me, it's the immoral part of it. It doesn't make much difference how you kill them, AJ. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you. A callback to you, Ira fucking Baldwin. I wonder if Alec... I doubt it. Alec Baldwin is related. I, I on... doubt it. No. Uh, I mean, but maybe. <laughs> you never... We'll stretch it too far. Um, but yeah, so Frank, heart of, heart of gold, Frank on, on his heart of gold ish. Uh, he, he's on his way up. I mean, he's, he's been in some secret operations. This guy is making his way through the ranks. Now, after world war two, the U S really starts to worry about Russian operatives getting into the CIA. Um, especially because, I mean, we're we're at the very, very start of the Cold War. Um, am I wrong? Post World War Two, there's yeah. there's a little bit of a gap, but I still feel that I, it's basically immediately. Yeah, I, I I'm one who sees the Cold War as a beginning during World War Two. Yeah, because while we were allies with Russia, we already had anti-communism sentiment. Mm-hmm. And we were directly competing on how many uh, Nazis we could pick up. Yeah, like it's... there was a there there was already the competition well before yeah the end of World War Two. So it really didn't take off for four years, four or five years. But even then, I was gonna say yeah, like, it's like 1950, well, 1949 when it really fucking like that's yeah. kind of like the very like start, like the stamp of boom, Cold War, correct? Yeah. Yeah, but things were already happening, like yeah. the splitting oh, up yeah. of Berlin, um, you know, disagreements on how to handle Germany mm-hmm. after the war, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was getting spicy on the uh, Western Front. So, um, as I said, the U.S. is starting to worry that in amongst a lot of these secret operations that the U.S. is doing. Um, which are mainly being led by the CIA. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they, at Camp Dietrich, they were running all these operations kind of under the guise of, like, Dietrich, right? Mm-hmm. Which Dietrich itself was just a fucking, like, closed doors. You don't ask questions. Yeah, high security yeah, clearances. Yeah, high security clearances. It was, it was just a vault of dangerous secret operations that really weren't released until if at pretty all. much the Rockefeller agreement in the seventies. Um, but in camp or Fort Detrick, the U S decides that they're going to start a new special ops division. So now within camp Detrick, you've got like the basement within the basement and this special ops division... The elevator doesn't even go there. Yeah, well, you've got to climb, like, a fucking ladder that's also somehow a fireman pole. 
And it's over a pool of sharks with yeah. lasers on it. And if head. you're not wearing the right weight distribution, you're not going to be able to make the little curve at the end that goes up and then back down to really access the lower mm. floors of Fort Detroit. Yeah. And then you have to go down a twirly slide, and it's really scary. Yeah, so be careful. I hope you brought your barf bags. Uh, so this they actually referred to it as Dietrich within Dietrich. Those that were in it, I guess. I don't really, I guess that's not really confirmed. But um, it's basically, like I said, an, it's an underground, even more secret testing center. And our boy Frank, I fucking mistyped here. So my notes say Frank became the chef of this special <laughs> ops division months later. <laughs> wow, he really got a, he really got a demotion. Chief chemist, <laughs> chef. No, 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 no. That's where he was keeping the KFC secret ingredient, baby. Yeah. It's it's anthrax. It's aerosolized <laughs> anthrax. So we we cracked it. <laughs> Put it on everything. Dial this man up for fucking McDonald's. So Frank becomes the chief of this special ops division months after it starts. And slowly his position in the army, uh in the chemical division kind of starts to shift a little bit more and eventually he just becomes a cia employee right what we all love yeah you just you just slide right into it yeah so he was then put on to project artichoke and i think we've touched a little bit on project artichoke but if you don't know um it was an interrogation project that involved more or less mind control tactics, ways of ways of deleting somebody's memory through drugs, ways of like creating hypnosis with people. Like it, it's yeah, more yeah. or less it's a really broad yeah. term, but like interrogation tactics and just fucking with people's brains to the nth degree. Uh, their thesis was can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature such as self-preservation so really ethical honestly. yeah yeah really i also read that quote <clears throat> i didn't Good. put it in my notes though oh okay um you you missed the fun part where the project that came before artichoke was bluebird yeah i forgot that that's okay that's okay but i mean it was like just before yeah it really it, it, led it, it to more it. turned into artichoke yeah. um one of their main goals was to see if they could involuntarily force somebody to commit an assassination they were like can we manchurian candidate somebody can we make somebody just we hypnotize them and they go and murder khrushchev you know whatever the fuck yeah. i mean he wasn't around yet but you know what i mean um they also looked into like forced morphine addiction and then withdrawal just like Ooh. like that cold turkey to see what the effects were yeah hypnosis lsd a couple other drugs you know you get the cocaines you get the marijuanas and then a little they dabbled into some viral warfare for some reason and i i don't know if you wanted to go into it but the reason why a lot of this kind of like took off why the u.s started looking into it because the Soviets were doing it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of what we talked about before we even started recording about the like Korean War and a lot of P POWs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, POWs were coming back saying, 
oh, we we Americans committed war crimes and we're using germ yeah. agents and all this stuff. Yeah. And then the U.S. says, no, we're not. They're obviously brainwashed. Yeah. And now we need to learn how to brainwash. Because it's obvious the Soviets taught the Koreans how to brainwash. And these and these guys that would they were prisoners of war, they would come back and they would just go through like like they would disappear more or less. Mm-hmm. And they would go through hours and hours daily of debriefing. And years later, they'd come out and be like, oh, yeah, we were actually uh, brainwashed by um, Chinese operatives that captured us. Um, yeah. That that pulled bullshit secrets out. Um, that we were just kind of making up, but they convinced us we were doing chemical yeah, warfare. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was one of those things where, like, I feel like at the time you really had to have had your head in the sand to not see what the fuck was going on. Well, but, you know, I mean, patriotism and the Red Scare. Uh, that's a good point. At the, same, yeah, at the time I, period, I that forget, that propaganda. I always forget how all you got to say was. is. Oh, communists learn yeah. brainwashing, and now you have the fear that you're not even safe Jesus in your own Christ. mind. Um, so, like AJ said, that kind of turns into or leads into Project Bluebird. No, no. Other way around. Oh, Bluebird leads to that. To, to Artichoke. No, 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 no. I was saying the, oh, oh, the, uh, like the POWs yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. led to research into Bluebird. And then Bluebird kind of phases, and it's interesting with a lot of these, and we'll kind of learn about it next week too, um, that a lot of these operations just fade into one another. Yeah. Really. They very much merge. It's it's interesting because I feel like they were going on before they were truly declared Definitely. an operation. They were, con- they were usually, I, it's my theory, this is totally my theory, they weren't really declared an operation until somebody got some results. Yeah. They got until, some kind of until data. something popped up. And then they're like, oh, wait, let's pursue this specific let's, thing. Yeah. Now let's, let's do it. Press a gas pedal on this one. So I've got I've got one more thing about yeah, Artichoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, I well, have a couple one things and a half. as well. One is, from what I can read and what is out there, which isn't a lot, is they would mostly target other agents, other CIA agents, and soldiers. And a lot of times it wasn't with their knowledge they would study on people yeah pull that pull a sneaky out. and then they'd like you're just a soldier somewhere and then you get kidnapped and you're being hypnotized and you think you know you're who are these people like this is the enemy turns out uh, it's the yeah. cia um it's also crazy. they the record from what i could find was they continuously drugged one cia agent for 77 days straight Oof. but i wasn't able to find <laughs> anything about their condition yeah if they were like how long they were unconscious and in a coma for that like god damn dude but 77 i was gonna days. say yeah there were because you found one there was one that they had said they drugged them continuously and i mean like this isn't just like oh hey roofies like no like, no this is hey like we're dosing acid. you with lsd over and, and over cocaine. and over all day for 56 days um, Until this, you get into a coma. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Basically, to see how long the the human body can take it. Mm-hmm. Um, the interrogations that they were doing could be, in some cases, so intense that they were borderline like torture and hypnosis. No, I would say one hundred percent torture. Yeah, yeah, well, true. 
So torture and hypnosis. And I mean, this led to mental breaks that would lead to death in most of these situations, Mm -hmm. if not all. Which, imagine mentally breaking down so bad that you fucking just, your brain shuts off. Yeah, you're just fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, they're forcing more or less brain aneurysms in these people with interrogation and torture. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're they're breaking people. Um, So... Kind of not necessarily switching gears, but originally um, thought to be kind of a large outbreak in France. Uh, There was this small town that had a big outbreak of food poisoning from what they all considered bad bread. Ergot, specifically. Yeah, Yeah, there were people getting headaches, kind of like hallucinating. They were getting Mm -hmm. sick. Um, 250 people end up in hospice. Hospice? They, 250 people end up in, like, they need to go to the hospital. Hospital, and, okay. Yeah. Hospice is end-of-life care. Okay, well. Hospital. Yeah. They, they're going in and getting treated for all this. Sorry, I typed it wrong. You're good. Um, they're going in and getting treated. 50 people end up in asylums. That's a solid ratio. Yeah. Seven people end up dead. Um, And they end up tracking all of this back to a flower distributor who's charged for involuntary manslaughter for selling fungus, flour, more or less, ergot. Um, Later it comes out that the CIA had set things up to drug the entire village with LSD in their water supply. Mm Mm-hmm. They spiked the town's water supply. Just went ham. And I mean... Also, in a foreign country. Yeah, in, a, in a totally foreign country. An allied country. Yeah. country. An allied <laughs> like, country. This is like early, early, early 1950s, late 1940s. Yeah, I think it was 1950. I think so, yeah. If I remember right. Um, But yeah, I know you had talked about a doctor. Oh, yeah. There. I, I really need to find it. It was a book or a memoir or something about a doctor who was in the town who was there. When the first patient came in and he he was thinking, oh, this is some weird food poisoning. They're talking nonsense. They must be really delirious. So they start treating him. And then another patient comes in, same thing. And then another and then another. And he's trying to figure out, oh, maybe they all ate the same thing. So he figured, okay, what did you guys all eat? The most recent thing was bread from that mm-hmm. flour distributor. So I think that's where it came from. A lot of it was his documenting. And then I think it was like five or ten people are suffering in his clinic and he starts seeing things and he starts tripping and he's already called other doctors. He's already called out as much as you can in a small town in France to try to get help because it was bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he fucking went insane. Just bad news bears. Yeah. So operation artichoke totally fucked up. No. Yeah. Uh, it was for America. Yeah, right. So Frank Frank had led this division for about eight months um, until 1953, 1953. Now, that was the special ops division that he was running. He steps down after about eight months. And um, he, he says it's starting to aggravate his ulcers, um, which, fuck, I can't imagine why. Yeah. And uh, so he goes with his family on vacation to the UK. Uh, they visit like France, Germany, a couple different spots in, in the 50s. Just 
getting out of the country, clearing his head, getting away from work, getting away from, you know, doing some secret evil shit to, to innocent people. And this is still at the same time as the CIA is like, Hey, the Soviets are getting to fucking everybody. So he comes back and he's just debriefed for like days. Like they're asking everybody he ran into where he went, like just an entire breakdown of what he did. Um, and he discovers in these debriefings that the U.S. had used biological and germ warfare during the Korean War um, in, like, a very, like, stamp-proved fashion. He was just like, fuck, like, connects mm-hmm. all the dots. Something He's that like, oh still my God. America denies to now, this day. So Frank puts it all together, and he just shuts down. Because he knows that he's responsible. Yeah, he's like, been... He's been Doing working the on it. He's just been told, hey, these are studies. This is this. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Then they turn around and utilize fuck. the results. Yeah. So, um, while he was in the UK, he had to more or less visit like a, a psychiatrist while he was out there. Just kind of to determine if he's being, you know, injected with secret Soviet juice. Yeah. Like, he had to check in with this with the security... Well, with this psychiatrist. And while he was out there, before he even gets back, Frank is deemed a security threat. Fair enough. So when he came back, they already knew that he was, they're already under the impression, this guy's trouble, he's trying to step away from his position in the CIA, his lead position in the CIA. And this psychiatrist even recommended to the CIA this man's access should be cut down to a bare minimum. Like this dude is, he's, he's breaking. Yeah. He's, he's about to crack. So, uh, Frank steps down, they approve it, but because of his involvement, he's still consulting and he's still working alongside everything. Yeah. Cause you, you can't like yeah, you can't cut just... uh, somebody with that level of access off. Yeah. It's... You have to keep them involved, invested yeah, so that you can keep an eye on them. So his kids even pointed out how stressed out and upset he still seemed to be during this time. He stepped away from his lead position and he's still totally fucked up, which I wonder why. Yeah. And uh, Frank is actually invited in November 1953 to a CIA executive retreat. You know what? That's a great idea. You know, de-stress, relax. Yeah. I mean. You get to go away. Yeah, it's like a work event, but like you still get to go and relax. Especially because like. I'm sure that Frank wasn't the only one that was struggling. He very well could have been. No, but I'm I, sure I a lot know. of them were kind of like, yeah, there can't things, be that many things are getting paths, pretty right? tough. Yeah. So the attendees of this executive retreat um, include uh, Frank Olson's supervisor, Lieutenant Colonel Vincent Ruitt. Uh, he was the head of the Special Operations Division. John L. Schwab, who had founded the division, four members of Fort Detrick's Special Ops Division, Gerald Yonitz, a Special Ops Scientist, and there were a handful of CIA participants that were there, too. Um, Sidney Gottlieb, Gottlieb, who we had talked about earlier, uh, Robert Lashbrook, who was Gottlieb's deputy, kind of his right-hand man, um, a man by the name of A. Hughes. Um, and Henry Bortner, both working for the CIA, and a man by the name of Morgan Hall. 
Morgan Hall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got some notes yeah. here about him. Because, interestingly enough, he kind of showed up in my research a little bit. Um, so he was a very interesting fellow. Morgan Hall was part of the CIA, from what we could tell. Um, not necessarily an agent, but he definitely had some jobs with them. Uh, he was in the Army. He was a captain. He was involved in the OSS during World War II. And, you know, uh, let's see. Th those are things I was able to for sure figure yeah. out. But apparently he did some, like, freelance contractor work. He was kind of all over kinda, the place. Kind of got his toes in everything. Yeah, like, I wouldn't at all be surprised if he had a hand in Operation Artichoke. Or a toe. Or a toe. <laughs> He's dipping his little dipping tootsies, little tootsies around. But yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a field agent for some of these in the past. But there's no documentation yeah. to actually prove that. Really interesting guy. Hard to find information on mm. Morgan So, Hall. uh... It said Morgan passes Frank a drink, and they all kind of cheers. They start their meeting and kind of more or less just go over, like, the last year. They're like, hey, look, quick little clarification on everything with the CIA. Obviously, this isn't a total retreat, but yeah, we got to discuss at some point. It makes it tax deductible if you talk about business during your yeah. drinks. So throughout the meeting, Frank kind of gets more and more just fucky like his mind's getting a little like his mind's trailing a little feeling funky and uh as the meeting goes on as the day goes on well not the day kind of as it fades into the evening uh frank discovers that he's experiencing the effects of lsd so aj you have our patreons pulled up yes so i've got abby aj's third nut lindo D's Nuts, Not me. NSA Isn't Real, which is very fitting, Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle, Dark Runner, Haley, and Casey McFacey. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you guys so much. You you pay for our hosting. Yeah, you keep, keep the, the lights, lights on. on. I like saying that because it's, <laughs> it's pretty true, accurate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What else do I normally say? No, I mean. I think that's about that's it. That's the extent, yeah. I mean. Check us we, out. We really appreciate it. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. At points of pressure with any suggestions, show ideas, feedback of the episode. I know feedback. this one's been a little chaotic and all over, but give it a couple of listens. Yeah, don't worry. It'll yeah, we'll tie it. It'll up be next worse week. next week. Yeah. More convoluted. Yeah. So uh, we'll catch you fuckers next week. See you later. Oh no, where's the button?